As an unlicensed doctor, we suggest a prescription for one of our shows. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Fake Doctor's Orders. Sportsnet 590 The Fan On Demand. Canadians get it in over the line, into the corner, off a stick stolen by Hyman. Leafs counter-attacking with some numbers as they get in over the line. Hyman trying to drive the net, now looks with a drop pass. Shot, scores! Morgan Riley jumping into the rush. There were numbers involved, and again, a shorthanded goal has elevated the Leafs into a two-goal lead. Dress rehearsal complete. The Maple Leafs now look forward to their play-in series matchup with the Columbus Blue Jackets. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic happy to be back with you here at the Gold Muzzy at Gord Stelic, where you can follow along via Twitter. Many thanks to Sam McKee, Josh Santos, and Danielle Furtado for their hard work behind the scenes and their lone exhibition game. The Maple Leafs doubling up the Montreal Canadiens 4-2. The rival Habs take on the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round. And of course, uh, Toronto taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. All gets going for real for the Maple Leafs on Sunday. But all in all, not too shabby, was it, Gord? No, uh, nice night on the fan. A Toronto Blue Jays win over Washington Nationals. And then the Leafs exhibition game win against Montreal. Um, Boy, different storylines. Who would have predicted two shorthanded goals for the Leafs? Montreal had only given up five shorthanded goals in 71 games before the pause. But I like the energy. I like the way both teams came out. Um, it wasn't boring. It was a little sloppy at times. But uh, uh, I, I like the Leafs skating. I like that there were you know, a decent number of chances both ways. And, uh, yeah, a, a, a lot of positives, especially when we're talking about secondary scoring being a real concern for the Leafs at the time of the pause. And, I know Nick Robertson didn't play a ton in the third period because when the Leafs were shorthanded, Kapanen and Kerfoot were seeing a lot of PK time, but you had to certainly like the way that line played. No doubt about it, and in general, I think Sheldon Keefe and, and company and the coaching staff will be pleased with the performance as the Maple Leafs again get set to take on the Columbus Blue Jackets with Game 1 slated for Sunday night, a game you can hear right here on Sportsnet 5.9 of the Fan. Again, it's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic. Happy to be back here on Leafs Nation post-game, breaking down this uh, 4-2 exhibition game victory, getting you set for the Stanley Cup qualifiers as well. And no doubt that was a big conversation, Gord, coming into this game. Nick Robertson, he played 10-20 had an assist, and I still have no idea which way I'm going to lean in terms of if he's on the roster come opening night against Columbus. So what does your gut tell you? Well, I mean, he will be on the roster. Will he be in the lineup that night? Yeah. And you spelled it out well that it seems to be two out of three guys, Engvall, Goche, and Nick Robertson. And I, I'm getting the feeling that they'll put him out there. Just get him in a game really early, see what he can do, get him you know, uh, that flavor. I I think it's probably good there's no crowd in the stands for that. And uh, I just I just think uh, the lines he played tonight will be what he'll play in game number one, and then he'll go from there. Um, you know, one other one, just I, I, mm-hmm. I like this, because like I said, I always like doing this, it's the walk to the subway. we got to rebrand this store, Gordo, because we can't. there's nobody really walking to the subway, well, is there? I know, you got the subway to yourself, really. You're not, yeah. There's nobody in the building, then you have the subway to yourself almost. But <laughs> the real key thing, and you saw Shea Weber getting a ton of ice time. Same with Jeff Petrie. Montreal is going to have to really rely on those guys against Pittsburgh. But Morgan Riley never seemed 100% the Morgan Riley we saw the previous year. And we know he met, he had a, an injury where he missed significant games. But even the games, he was healthy. He was taking a lot of maintenance days. And 
man, I love the way that Morgan Riley jumping in the rush, creating things, one goal, two assists, and really showing a lot of the Morgan Riley uh, that we saw more two years ago. So in the playoffs, to get, uh, particularly against Seth Jones and Zach Wenski and a pretty good Columbus Blue Jacket decor, if, if he could chew up, you know, 25 minutes and play the way he did, and Les Martin Marinson, for example, and others, then that's going to be huge. That, 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 to me, was my biggest takeaway, was the way Morgan Riley played tonight. And speaking of chewing, Gord, as I broke on on Twitter, uh, he's a new dog dad, is Morgan Riley. And the only reason why I know this is because uh, I believe he sort of lives in the same area. I've seen him at the dog park a couple times uh, now with uh, a highly publicized girlfriend as well, Tessa Virtue. So I I think you're right in bringing that up, though, Gord, because it's so easy to mention Morgan Riley and say, hey, this guy is a ultimate X factor. But he truly is. And I just don't think he was healthy. And you hate to say it, especially in the midst of a pandemic, but I think the time off uh, could have actually been good news for Morgan Riley. Comes back, plays the one game after the injury, but just resetting mentally, I think, was pivotal for this player. And I I thought he was flying in this one. I know it's just an exhibition game, but to have him in the right mindset for the Stanley Cup playoffs is is big news for me. Yeah, and Nick, there's the obvious injuries we know about throughout the league. And, you know, whether it's Jake Ensel coming back from Pittsburgh, uh, Seth Jones for Columbus and on and on Tarasenko for the uh, St. Louis Blues, but there's others that were really beat up and were keeping it quiet that just valued as much as those that were hurt and on the uh, injured reserve list. So, and the mental part as well, when you're playing hurt all the time, you know, you're right about that. Uh, uh, And that's what remains to be seen about the 24 teams, about the level of commit factor mentally and physically the players did during the pause. Because if they took a real pause, uh, they're a little bit behind trying to get going and they probably want to believe they're there, but they're not there. And that's what teams are going to have to identify. The coaches are going to have to identify. The leadership group's going to have to identify. It's something that would not be obvious to us from the outside initially, but that's something you're going to have to identify right off the hop in game number one. No doubt about that. Morgan Riley, one and two in this game. If you're just tuning in, the Maple Leafs defeating the Montreal Canadiens 4-2 in their lone exhibition game now gets set to take on the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Maple Leafs again will have home ice advantage uh, you sort of put that in quotations, but they'll have the last change in game one and game two and game five of their uh, first round play in series matchup against the Columbus Blue Jackets, in which we look forward to bringing you coming up on Sunday night. But Morgan Riley, one and two in the game again, Nick Robertson, we went through him and the other sidebar conversation, Gord, that could stem from from Robertson and maybe uh, an idea of keeping him in the lineup is igniting the depth scoring and Alex Kerfoot looked really good in this game. I talked about it on Twitter and also on air during the intermissions how Kerfoot coming into this game had two goals in 19 games in 2020. And again, uh, grain of salt, it is exhibition play, but uh, it's got to do a lot for the confidence to come out and score two goals like he did, didn't he? Yeah, a guy that you're looking to get close to 20 goals, that's what he did in Colorado in two years, and uh, he only had nine in, in 71 games. And uh, it been a, he never, re- you know, both him and Tyson Berry never really got going this year after coming over in the trade. And, you know, they gave a pretty good chip up in Nazem Kadri, and particularly the kind of contract Nazem Kadri has. Uh, so that was good to see. Again, um, and and again, that's where we go back to why Nick Robertson is getting such a such a serious look is they needed to inject more of that offense in those lines. And maybe he's a, a guy that helped contribute to it, even though one of the goals was shorthanded. That line, that just seemed to have some kind of chemistry. And Alex Kerfoot, he's, he's a bright guy. He's a fast guy. They got a lot of speed. You know, just got to finish it more. And uh, he was able to do that two different kind of goals uh, tonight for Alex Kerfoot. 
Gord, by the way, um, our faithful listeners on Twitter um, coining it maybe the walk from the patios. What do you think of that? I like that. You know, we have to do things different in in August because it's not the cold. Boy, oh boy, that building is cold too. You come out of that building, and you know, the, just being by the lake, and we finish late at night like we're doing tonight with Leafs Nation yeah. post game. And I always said that to you. I kind of, you know, Maple Leaf Gardens was a little further north up, and you came out. It was a little bit more of a winter wonderland. Just down there, it's that windy gray crap that blows at you. Mm-hmm. I would love to come out uh, from a, a night like tonight from <laughs> Scotiabank Arena and uh, hit com- some kind of patio and another patio. So I like that. It's funny, Gord, because uh, actually one of our mutual friends, Dave Panyota, who took in this game alongside, I think, 20 other media members, don't quote me on that number, around that number, uh, were seated in the 300 level, and he texted me and said, I'm freezing. And it just triggered me, Gord. Remember during the season how cold it is in that press box? And people will laugh. It's an arena. We understand that. But having been to a variety of different press boxes around the league, I can firmly tell you Scotiabank Arena is the coldest, which means probably the ice is really good, right? Well, yeah, and, and that's something they're going to do with both. And, and I get it. When you're talking July and August weather, uh, you've got a challenge about making the, making the ice great, even though technology has improved so much by leaps and bounds. So one thing they won't do is open the door. They don't have to. So that'll be a plus. But, you know, people, when we're at the games, you, you sound like you're whining. And you're not really whining because <laughs> people would kill to go to the games. People yes, would kill yes. to do our jobs. But honestly... I mean, it's again, cold. not to use, use the gardens as a barometer, but, you know, all those buildings, you kind of sent went there and you wore a suit, you wore whatever, and everybody is wearing a winter jacket up in the Scotiabank Arena press box, and that's before the building's probably even colder right now. Gordon, my transitions are in mid-season form. Speaking of cold, Freddie Anderson, uh, so-so season. He had cold moments, no doubt about that, but per- potentially heated things up in Arizona during quarantine with Austin Matthews. Uh, makes 28 saves in this exhibition game. Again, his first appearance against Montreal this season. But uh, what are your thoughts on the potential goaltending matchup against Columbus as we move forward here in Leafs Nation postgame? We will begin to break down that series with Columbus where we expect it's going to be, yeah, for sure, Freddie Anderson against, I think, Jonas Corposalo, although many times John Tortorella alluded to he won't announce his starting goalie till uh, I think, August 2nd. <laughs> Well, I, I'm, I know the Leafs are happy to be away from the Boston Bruins, and Freddie's happy to be away from Tuka Rask, who <laughs> has played just phenomenal against yeah. the Leafs in those playouts. I like the way he played tonight. I use that word deportment a lot because Freddie, yeah. if, he, if he gets a little antsy, a little fussy, a little animated, then that's not Freddie. I, I thought tonight he was the cool, calm Freddie Anderson. And there was one graphic that came out, and the old not being uh, being a slow starter, well, that really applied to his first two years where there was a glaring month of October that his numbers uh, were disproportionately worse than, a season, that, than the rest of the season. Last two years, he hasn't started all that bad. So for that reputation, it's not been like throughout his career. He's going to have to start like he did the last two years because October is not the easing, easing into it phase like it was in other years. So... I like the way I, I really like the way he played tonight, and of course, both teams played their goaltender the whole game. It, it, and that's why it shows it's a different kind of exhibition game. It's an exhibition game that matters because basically you're you're playing what you're going to play for game number one, and you know those guys are going to play all sixty minutes. And all in all, no doubt many positives to take from this 4-2 exhibition victory here at Scotiabank Arena for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Again, as we move forward, we'll we'll continue to break down their first-round playing series matchup with the Columbus Blue Jackets. We hope to hear from the head coach via Zoom, I believe is what they're doing here in this day and age, Sheldon Keefe. 
Uh, we're going to potentially touch base as well with Chris Johnston of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Night in Canada. So we have all avenues covered here and so happy to be back here on Leafs Nation postgame. Um, we'll roll on here. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic, Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet, 590 The Fan. Getting that airborne out at an empty net. Leafs get it ahead. Here's a chance now for Mikheyev. He has an empty net, cuts in front, still has it, and doesn't shoot it. Let's the time run out. He's satisfied with the goal he scored in the first minute. Uh, A great opportunity to add to his total in the final minute of this game, but... Kev just runs the clock out and the Leafs will take the 4-2 lead and move on and get ready for the game against Columbus on Sunday. Phenomenal once again to hear the great voices of Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph calling this one tonight at Scotiabank Arena. A 4-2 win, the final there for the Maple Leafs against the Montreal Canadiens. I guess nobody to- uh, told I guess Ilya Mikheyev hasn't been around long enough to know the... Uh, the semblance of the rivalry between Toronto and Montreal. You have a chance to score the empty netter, you do so, but he didn't. He was a nice guy on the play, and so it was 4-2 instead of 5-2. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic here on Leafs Nation postgame here on Sportsnet 5-9. The fan at the Gold Muzzy at Gord Stelic, where you can follow along via Twitter. Again, we hope to hear from some of the players involved in this one, Sheldon Keefe, the head coach, and potentially Chris Johnson as well as we move forward. And uh, First and foremost, Gord, it's just great to see hockey back You know, as we do this show. Um, as I do it from my condo, you from your home here in Toronto, uh, to be able to watch this uh, Oilers and Flames game while we do this show is a, a nice little wrinkle as well, isn't it? Well, I mentioned during one of the uh, intermissions, Nick, that I think the exhibition game was great for us as fans because we really yeah. have to get used to, like, wow. And you're right. It's so surreal. And uh, this was uh, you know, a little germination of an idea way back when between the NHL and NHL Players Association and a lot of great work uh, went by both sides to make this a reality. So and, and you know what? It's, it seems like it's going to work because there's so many doubters and so many people saying, or I should say so many, but a lot of people, it can't work. They'll need a lot of luck. Uh, you know, here's here's the problems with it. Well, they had over 4,000 uh, COVID tests the week of July yeah. 18th to 25th and uh, zero positive results. So they've really, you know, created a, an environment as airtight as possible. So. Uh, and when the puck dropped today, you're saying, yeah, wow, it's it's real NHL hockey. And before the game, they paid tribute to Eddie Shack, which was yeah. nice. The um, teams uh, intermingled. So you were behind. You, you lined up on the blue line, the two blue lines, and you a Leaf was beside a Canadian and so on and so on. That's what Pittsburgh, Philadelphia did as well with uh, all the social media and other elements have been gone the last few months. It's a, it's a uh, a show of camaraderie. It's a show of support for the uh, those out in the front lines. It's a show of Black Lives Matters. It's a show of a uh, a lot of things about that. And you know, the last few months has been a, a healthy dose of perspective. I think Nick for all our worlds about you know our priorities and where they were and maybe where they should be a little bit more uh, given what we've been through. Solidarity, solidarity for sure, and I'll never take my job and uh, the sport I cover for granted again, considering, Gord, what we've been through uh, just in general uh, as a human populace uh, for the last five months or so. It's so great to have hockey back. By the way, some guy named Connor McDavid just scored on the power play for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Lather, rinse, repeat for that one. Uh, that's a big X factor for Edmonton as they go into their first uh, play-in series matchup against Chicago, owning the first power play unit and the first PK unit in the NHL in the regular season, which seems like 17 years ago. But uh, 
Uh, we'll see how the Canadian teams do that. That's kind of fun too, Gord. I like the fact that we're getting a lot of Canadian teams in the action, six of the seven here in the Stanley Cup qualifiers. Yeah, Connor McDavid, the former Hart Trophy winner, now the second best player on his team. It's kind of, kind of interesting. <laughs> that Calgary-Winnipeg matchup is going to be a beauty. Uh, Vancouver, of course, taking on Minnesota, which yeah. um, will be, an, you know, the, the Canucks have just been a pleasant surprise this year as well. We talk about Montreal, they're the underdogs against the um, uh, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And then, of yeah. course, you mentioned Edmonton, and I... Yeah, I never thought. I mean, the five-year plan. God, no wonder Ken Holland went there. <laughs> a five-year plan when you got Connor McDavid and and Leon Draisaitl. I mean, all you had to do was start getting just a half-decent goaltender and yeah. go from there. And uh, that's basically what they did. And some some pleasant surprises. And Ethan Bear on D and Kyler yeah. Yamamoto fitting in the last half quite well Scored up front. Tonight. So yeah, yeah. So they got they got they got some uh, they they got a lot of things going really well. They could be the St. I mean, they could be the St. Louis Blues this year. You're right. The, the West is You're really right. the wild, wild West. And that's a scary thing for me uh, when you look at Edmonton. Is I th- I think we're still in general waiting for that signature Connor McDavid moment in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And this guy's going to go down, you know. And I hate to say it already as one of the best ever if he can t- continues on this trajectory. I mean, he is so above and beyond any player in this league. And of course, his teammate and Leon Draisaitl are right there with him, likely to win the Hart Trophy and the Lindsay Award. Uh, but they're missing their signature moments. Um, by the way, uh, there is a bit of a kerfuffle in the Calgary and uh, in uh, Edmonton game. What a shocker there, right? Dating back to the history. So I think of the intensity of the first three games, Edmonton and, and, and Calgary, we know those two teams don't like each other. But getting back to, to the McDavid point, I think I'm really waiting for that signature moment. And uh, it would be tough to play him, especially here in the first round if you're Chicago. Yeah, and, you know, fortunately, Morgan Riley knows what it's like to be uh, involved in a signature <laughs> moment of Connor McDavid. Oh, kind of yeah, lives in it, Gordon. <laughs> yeah, well like, well, well, like Mario Lemieux splitting the D and they make a statue yeah. out of it, you know. But Look at um, Lemieux. You think of Connor McDavid and this offseason that was unplanned, this pause, and they just said he, they believe he's even brought his game to a next level. There was that great documentary. What a off season he had last year. I mean, he 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 forego he, uh, for he didn't have knee surgery, which was recommended by majority of doctors, and the rehab he did was unbelievable to come back. So he had to enjoy, if you can enjoy the pause, as far as just being able to be normal again and have a normal mm-hmm. off season that he really expected to have last year before game number eighty-two, a meaningless game when he got hurt in that game against Calgary, which speak of the devils, there they are again tonight, the Battle of Alberta. I would love a Maple Leafs and Edmonton Oilers Stanley Cup final because more so the hub cities and the involvement there with Edmonton hoisting the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final. But far away from that, the Maple Leafs again defeating the Montreal Canadiens 4-2 here in exhibition play. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Selleck on Leafs Nation postgame. Um, so you look at Nick Robertson, 10-20 of ice in this game. Morgan Raleigh had one and two. Alex Kerfoot, two goals. Uh, the other thing that stood out for me as we get closer to the uh, game one against Columbus on Sunday was special teams. Uh, both power plays stunk the joint up in this game, and understandably so, combined 0 for 9. I guess Montreal was a minus 2 for 9 in this game because that was a big story for me. Two shorthanded goals scored for the Maple Leafs. And I think, you know, they're lucky to have the star power they do and have the ability to run guys out there like Mitch Marner, even Ilya Mikheyev. Uh, there are so many depth pieces and guys who can pot some goals, play the PK. I think it's another big-time X factor for this Maple Leafs team, especially against a team like Columbus, where I think they can really take advantage from a special teams uh, point of view. 
Yeah, six power play goals in their last 15 games before the pause for the yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs. So that doesn't cut it. And uh, so many great weapons out there. Of course, they use a, a defenseman like Mitch Marner at the point, which um, uh, made them vulnerable one occasion anyway. A, a, a pretty good breakaway coming the other way, shorthanded for Montreal. But uh, I, I like some of the plays they were trying to do. They have, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you think they're, they overhandle the puck, but when it's working, they overhandle the puck with the cause and quite often bury that phenomenal scoring chance. But that's, it's going to have to be better. It's, it just The results yeah. are going to have to be better. It's going to have to click more in the playoffs for sure. The numbers, by the way, for Columbus, as we start to break down this series ahead of Game 1 on Sunday, Columbus's power play 27th in the league, their PK 12th. Um, but I think, Gordon, we all know what we're going to get here from the Columbus Blue Jackets, in-your-face type style, get you out of your comfort zone. And, I, I you know, John Tortorella, if there's an X-Factor coach in this league, it probably is John Tortorella, just more so that he has two Jack Adams, probably a third on the way for his performance here in the regular season. And rest assured, Gord, we've talked about it for a couple months now leading up to play. The Maple Leafs better be ready, and that starts with game one on Sunday night. Well, it absolutely does. And I wonder if Josh Anderson, you know, the fact that he got included in the Columbus lineup, that's uh, that's intriguing that way, you know, about what is going on. But, yeah, you just mentioned the special teams there, and there's a great chance for the Maple Leafs to, to capitalize on a, on a on a difference in, in the skill level and, you know, maybe yeah. to the tune of a, a goal a game that way. And, you know, we will have a lot of time to break. Well, we've had months to break down <laughs> the Toronto-Columbus uh, rivalry as far as the first series go. Just playing tennis with my buddy uh, Ted Yoano today. You know, we talked about it. We Shout played out, a whack Ted. of games. Yeah, I always give him a plug because just like you, you got your certain friends. Like how how often has it been that you've had four months or whatever, three months, ten weeks to talk about a matchup? Too long. Norm, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nor, normally the regular season ends on a Saturday, and then you find out the matchups, and you get about three or four days before that first game starts. So this one's been you, you go over them and over them and over them. Well, put it this way, people, you know, this thing was so long that there was actually a couple people trying to talk me into taking Montreal over Pittsburgh. That's going to happen in a sweep. Uh, same goes for for Chicago and Edmonton. You could never say never. The the likelihood of, of upsets to me in those two series, at least the Montreal one taking place, you never know. Uh, but you're right. It's we, We've broken down everything already, but we'll continue to do so. And I think that's a big story, too, with Columbus scored. And I think in general, as these teams restart, a, the fact that, you know, it's unprecedented and, and sort of ironic, sadly, in these times that we haven't seen teams this healthy, if you can believe it, going into a playoff setting. I don't care if it's a, an extended playoff the way we're seeing right now with Stanley Cup qualifiers. And certainly Columbus is getting a boatload of players back in their lineup, including Oliver Bjorkstrand and Cam Atkinson in their top six and the big one on the back end. Seth Jones to go with Zach Wierenski. Nobody seems to know or it's very, very quiet, but Zach Wierenski led the NHL in goal scoring by a blue liner from the back end. So keep that in mind. You know you're going to get a stifling defensive effort from this team. But again, Toronto better be ready because they're going to bring that tenacious style. There's no doubt about that, at least in my mind. Yeah, Orensky, I think, had four goals better than anybody else. I mean, think about Carlson mm-hmm. and, and Roman Yossi leading in points, but he was getting the goals. Kind Edmund. of a quiet stat that way. And yeah. um you mentioned and then Oliver Bjorkstrand, he's having yeah. a real good season. I mean, yeah. you know, in the absence of all the guys that left, led by Artemi Panarin, others have had to fill the void, and they've got a little bit more depth that way. Seth Jones, not only does, is he healthy, but one advantage those guys had, if you were hurt, 
during the pause, you got to train and rehab at the club facility. Well, and that's when a lot of guys were looking for, you know, any chance to skate anywhere. Well, he he and others that were same thing, injured players, they got to rehab and continue on. So that, that was a big plus. I missed uh, social media, Gord, because uh, somebody's trying to go at me. Marco's trying to go at me with uh, with Connor McDavid saying he's far and away the best player on this planet. He's far and away the best player on the planet, and I stand with that, and I cover the Maple Leafs. But we appreciate all the sentiments on social media for sure, at the Golden Muzzy, at Gord Stellick. Gord, where do you sit on that conversation since we're at it? What, what about we're we're going we're going to we're going to punk other guys about who's the greatest player on the planet? He said, that- "Listening to you and Gordy, great job, but tame it way down when you drop the far and away best player." I love hockey Twitter; it's the best. Uh, okay, well, I, I <laughs> you know this year, uh, Leon Leon Dreisaitl is the That's likely winner of yeah. the Hart Trophy. Uh, I yeah. think I think Nathan McKinnon you make an, could make an argument for him for yes. what he's done for Colorado, but uh, yeah, yeah. And then you, you know Alexander Ovechkin, you look what he's doing, and on and on and on. So, yeah. So far and away, uh, I think we're the best Leaf broadcast team. How about that? I agree. Do that you're the Maybe you're the most up. professional broadcaster covering the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll say that. Gord, let's hit the break. Um, it sounds like a producer extraordinaire Sam McKee does have Sheldon Key for us uh, via Zoom. So can't wait to bring you that for the first time ever here on Leafs Nation post game. And we hope to link up with uh, Chris Johnson as well, who took in this one at Scotiabank Arena. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic here, the Maple Leafs, defeating the Montreal Canadiens 4-2 in their lone exhibition game. They now get set to host the Columbus Blue Jackets for Game 1 Sunday night at Scotiabank Arena. You're listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 5-9 of the Fan. Let our trained professionals help you come down from the high of the game here on the Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Welcome back to Leafs Nation postgame here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. So great to be back with you the Maple Leafs defeating the Montreal Canadiens 4-2 in their lone prep before their play-in series uh, five-game series uh, starts up with the Columbus Blue Jackets coming up on Sunday I'm just really thrown off by the five-game series and the play-in series but we look forward to that coming up on Sunday of course we'll have the coverage here on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan we are able to hear from some of the players but first and foremost Gord we're going to hear from the uh, head coach of the Maple Leafs right now here's Sheldon Keefe Hey, Sheldon, uh, just wondering what your impressions were of, of Nick Robertson, his first game uh, against NHL players. I thought he had some great sequences. It was good to see him uh, play with some confidence with the puck and, and also just, you know, just move his feet and work. Um, not sure where, where his ice time ended up today, but you know, I thought he had some shifts where he was noticeable in a positive way, and, and that was that's real good to see. Next question, Kristen Shilton, TSN. Shilton, what do you feel like um, the team was able to translate well from the camp into the game tonight? I thought that uh, we, we moved our feet really well today. Uh, defensively, I thought that was a big thing for us. We want to make sure that we're, we're really working and skating and having uh, urgency coming back to our end. I thought that that was a really good sign uh, for our team. There's a number of times we came back, and I thought we gave up the neutral zone at times a little bit too easily, but I, I liked how we worked and ended up breaking up some plays in around our net uh, because of the work we came back or, or the work that we had coming back. 
So that so that was really good. I have to look at the video, you know, a lot closer to really see um, some of those some of the details. But I thought the work was positive. Next question, Mark Masters, TSN. Sheldon, uh, what stood out the most about the environment, the atmosphere, or lack thereof, uh, in coaching in it tonight? Uh, you know what I thought. What stood out? I think there was really two different things. First of all, during the anthem was probably the the moment where for me it was the most noticeable. The fact that there was nobody, you know, no fans in attendance, and have a little moment there. Obviously, during the anthem is a time when you know when you're you know you're looking at the flag and you're kind of taking in the whole environment during that anthem, and and uh, of course it's much different today than what you're accustomed to. It's a time when you you really kind of feel the moment and are really missing the fans and the environment and recognize what they bring. Uh, but um, I had that little moment, but I thought once the puck dropped, at least from my perspective, it, it really just felt like hockey and you didn't really notice it a whole lot. Uh, I'm not sure how the fair, the players felt about that, but other than when, when Kerfoot scored his goal and nobody was really sure whether or not it went in the net and, of course, just no crowd reaction. That was about the only time that I think there were some comments on the bench that, you know, that the fans might have called that one in for us. But uh, otherwise, you know, the, I, it surprised me, frankly, just how the game was just, was just being played and didn't really notice all that other stuff. Next question to Kevin McGran from the Toronto Star. Uh, Coach, uh, I know Morgan Riley played uh, through a lot of injuries this year, and then he missed a big chunk of the season. What does having him back healthy, he looked like he skated as well as he ever has tonight. What does he back healthy mean to you and, and your team? Yeah, it means a lot, and I think that's a good observation. I think he did really skate very well today. I think, yeah, there's a couple of times the puck kind of bobbled on him and got away from him and things like that, but uh, Mo's at his best when he's he's – flying up the rink and he's joining the rush and he's playing with authority and uh, talking to him. He's, he's, he's feeling as good as he's felt from a health standpoint. And, and he looked at today with how he's, how he skated, he got rewarded, you know, with the goal. Uh, and that's great to see. And I think, you know, if you're looking at what you would want to come out of this game for someone like Mo, it's, it's the confidence to be up, up in skating and, and kind of pushing the pace with the way that he moves and joins the rush and then also to have, you know, have the reward of the goal. It's a really positive thing for him and us. Maple Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe following this 4-2 exhibition win against the Montreal Canadiens. We've got to duck out a bit early because we're so happy to bring in the pride of Cobra right now of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Night in Canada. It is so great to be back with Chris Johnson after a long, long period of time. CJ, great to be with you. What was that experience like for you tonight? Truly bizarre, honestly. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that I could have the vocabulary to express how weird it is to be in an NHL arena as one of maybe 200 people uh, that are in that arena or maybe a little bit more than that, but but I wouldn't imagine it's more than three or 400, um, you know, watching game. And, and to have it be in July 28th in this strange year and to have it be a few days before the playoff tournament resumes, I mean, it's just the collision of events that I couldn't have imagined uh, ever happening. So, you know, it, it was it was refreshing and fun to be back in here. It's it's nice to have, you know, hockey to talk about again instead of everything else we, that's kind of consumed us the last few months. Um, but you know, yeah, I couldn't 
quite get away from the fact that that, that was one of the stranger things I've ever witnessed uh, in an NHL arena. And uh, CJ, I mentioned it to you before, you and Elliot Freeman, uh, great work on behalf of Rogers and Sportsnet covering everything over the last number of months. So you're, it, it is nice seeing the actual stuff on the ice. You know, I'm wondering, no crowd, might it help a type of team compared to another? Like, you know, even the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the pressure of having to win a playoff series and when the crowd gets off them and maybe a Nazem Kadri in Colorado that trying to keep it cool <laughs> this year, maybe no fans around helps him. I, I'm sure it'll benefit someone. You know, I just, I can't frame for you exactly what it'll be. I mean, because to me, it goes so much more than the crowd. I mean, the, just everything about this is kind of bizarre. Obviously, you know, I, I think my, my own sort of working theory is that it might benefit younger teams, you know, teams that have fewer players that are used to, ingrained in, in specific routines and are, are constantly comparing everything to what should be. And just, you know, any group that can kind of go with the flow, I think will thrive under these conditions. I mean, everything from when they arrive at the rink, you know, obviously players, especially those, you know, playing at home, there's a real range of times that guys like to, to come to the arena. Well, you know, the way this works now is you have to arrive as a team at a specific time as set out by the NHL. Um, you know, once you get here, if you're the Leafs, you know, tonight they, they dress in the visiting room and, you know, some nights they'll be dressing in the media room or the Toronto Raptors room. Uh, you know, then you get into the, the environment where there's, there's no fans. I mean, the, the whole thing is, is a little bizarre. Um, you know, so I can't really tell you who it's going to favor. I do think as we go along, though, we'll probably get a, a better understanding of, of, of who that is. And, and, you know, I think if, if we're talking about Toronto specifically, I do think that they benefit from, from having so many young, dynamic offensive players, um, you know, so many guys that, that I think are hungry to, to prove something and are, are likely to be less affected physically by this layoff just because of their age and those types of things. And, and you know, I, I think at times we might make too much of a crowd in hockey, uh, but, you know, it's something like this where you go from being used to having nineteen or 20,000 people in a building and taking it down to almost zero, I mean, it's 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 just totally different than, than what we're used to. Yeah, don't tell Calgary and Edmonton that there's no crowd. There's another uh, after-the-whistle skirmish, James Neal and uh, Matthew Kachuk involved with Chris Johnson, a 4-2 win here for the Maple Leafs, an exhibition play. They get set for Columbus. Uh, who stood out for you tonight, CJ? I thought Morgan Riley was a real uh, positive for the Leafs. Um, you know, and, and let's not forget that, that he was never you know healthy at any point in the regular season. I think he came into the year with an agging injury, you know, certainly didn't look himself for the first half of the season. Then he, he breaks his foot and, and misses, what, eight weeks, or give or take, of time. He plays one game before the COVID-19 pause uh, kicks in. And then, you know, it's just been a strange season for him. And I think that that layoff has allowed him to rest his body and, and, and get himself in a good place. He was one of the leaps that, that came back right at the start of the, the Phase 2 voluntary workout. So he's been skating in Toronto for, you know, five weeks before training camp, plus another couple of weeks since the camp opened. And I, you know, I thought that, that that he looked really good tonight. I mean, Kerfoot, it, it's hard to miss him. I, it, to me, it's not just the goals. I mean, the the what he brought to the penalty kill uh, was a positive. I, you know, I thought his line had a couple good moments out there uh, as well. And and you know, as much as we're going to focus on the the big stars of this team, you know, the guys that that, that soak up the oxygen and make all the money. You know, I, I think for any team to have a long playoff run, you're going to need some contributions down your lineup. And so, you know, if if the Leafs can get a little bit more out of their bottom six than they were before the season was paused. I think that would be, you know, a huge benefit to them, uh, especially with, with what's to come here and how little margin for error there is in the best of five. And so, 
you know, the fact that I think Alex Kerfoot, who, you know, had a pretty quiet first season here in Toronto so far, you know, if he's ready to take another step or, you know, along with Nick Robertson and, and, and you know, Kasperi Kapanen, if that line can maybe give them a little bit more offensive punch than Toronto was getting before the break, I think that'll be a huge benefit to, to, to trying to get by the Blue Jackets. Yeah, and, and in Kerfoot's case, because you look at that, I mean, that was a big trade that was made by Kyle Dubas in the offseason. And you, when you get off to a crappy start, it just sucks for everybody. And guys like Tyson Berry and Kerfoot, Jason Spezza, well, the same thing. I mean, he already got admonished by the coach in preseason for some reason. It was kind of strange. But, you know, it's like going in a workplace and you get off on the wrong foot and you never get going. And I think Toronto benefited from having the Sheldon Keefe training camp. Any coach that took over midseason, I think that was a, a luxury. It's certainly a luxury you don't normally get. But it's a good chance for those two guys to get a little bit of a restart and go back to how they wish things had started last October. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's the way anyone that, that's had a bit of a rocky season should approach this. You know, and, and Frederick Anderson, I'd lump into that same group. I mean, this was statistically the worst season we've seen from him, guys, uh, as an NHL player. You know, I, I don't think he was too happy with the way things went. And, and you know, the, obviously when you're the goaltender, I mean, there's, there's a lot of eyes on you when you enter a playoff series. But I think this this is a chance for him to, to kind of hit the reset. And so... If you've had a William Nylander type of year where, where you've put up some, some new personal bests and, and you feel good about it, you're trying to tell yourself that that four months, four and a half months didn't do anything to change it. Uh, but I think if you're in, in you know, Tyson Berry or, or, or Alexander Kerfoot or Frederick Anderson's shoes, you know, even Morgan Riley just because of his health more than anything, I think you're, you're trying to look at this as something fresh, almost like a new season. And, and so, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for these guys to put an exclamation mark on the year to, to more or less in my eyes, wipe out, you know, our, our views of them from, from the months that they did play, just because, you know, what happens from here on out is going to be remembered, I think far more than the 70 regular season games that were played prior to the, the, the COVID pause. And so, you know, it's, it's an interesting time to be around the sport uh, just with, with those kind of dynamics at play. Cautiously optimistic, but we are fired up. CJ, excellent job. Thanks so much for this. And we'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Sounds good, boys. There you have it. There is uh, Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Night in Canada. Gord Stellick, hockey's back, and it feels really good. Well, it does, and and the novelty things for Sheldon Keefe and Chris Johnson, everybody will, will just get used to it. They'll just get used to it, but it, it is interesting to hear at first you know, what it's like coaching a team or playing or, in Chris's case and others, uh, covering it. And I see in Edmonton, one of the two hotels, uh, the air conditioning didn't work today. So who so six of the teams, 32 degrees in Edmonton. <laughs> so you're talking about this new world hockey order in 2020. And who would think air conditioning not working in a hotel would be a consideration in a Stanley Cup playoffs? Remarkable, remarkable, remarkable times. That's probably the only word you can use. And I think sports, that's so perfect in using the word unpredictable to talk about these Stanley Cup qualifiers and these Stanley Cup playoffs in general. It's going to be so much fun. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic will wrap things up after this. The Maple Leafs defeating Montreal 4-2. It's onwards and upwards now. We look forward to their play-in series matchup against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Game one coming up on Sunday night. You're listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. This ain't like when you're at a game and sign up for a credit card just to get the prize and then you immediately cancel the credit card. Because there's no prize when you sign up for our radio shows at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Time for a little hockey talkie. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590, the fan and the Leafs radio network. 
Maple Leafs double up the Montreal Canadiens in exhibition play 4-2 and now we look forward to their first round play-in series matchup with the Columbus Blue Jackets game one Sunday night. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic back here on Leafs Nation post-game on Sportsnet 5-9 of the fan at the Gold Muzzy at Gord Stelic if you'd like to share your thoughts on this first round matchup against Columbus. But uh, something certainly to build off, Gord. I know it was just a preseason game, but we look forward to five days from now. Yeah, I, I agree with you about something to build off. I think that's a, a good analogy about it, that it was basically your starting lineup, and there were way more positives than negatives. There was uh, uh, some sloppiness uh, on yep. both sides. Power plays a little sloppy, but uh, I, I like the compete factor. I like the speed factor. Uh, I like, really like the effort of the Toronto Maple Leaf team as a whole. So, Gord, you look at this opponent in Columbus. Uh, what are your expectations? I know the gamesmanship has already started when it comes to John Tortorella. He's not going to tip his hand as to who's going to start. I'll tip it for him. I think it's going to be Jonas Corposalo. He's been their guy all season long. He's the man they trusted and the reason why they didn't try to go hard after Sergei Bobrovsky and re-sign him, although he didn't want to re-sign there. Merzlikens comes in. Had a nice cup of tea with Corpusallo sideline, but Corpusallo's been the guy. I think it's it's going to be him, and uh, everything stems through the back end on Columbus, doesn't it? Well, it it does. It's going to be the Leafs uh, front end against the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, defense core, and that's where a guy like Justin Hall to me is going to be important. Who's had. Uh, one of the few defensemen who's had a solid season based on his play from years gone by and, you know, really been steady. And those guys are going to be important. When we talk about Tortorella, you know, we saw certainly last year, Bruce Cassidy flat out out coach Mike Babcock. And Bruce Cassidy did a phenomenal job coaching the Boston Bruins, I think, period, the last couple of playoffs. I really like him as a coach. And a lot has been given to the fact that John Tortorella wears a nice, shiny Stanley Cup ring, the experience he has. And uh, the fact is... You know he he's a guy that uh, he's a guy that his players really relate to. He's really really got a pulse on his players that way, and uh, I agree with all that to a degree. But also, you know, Sheldon Keefe won a very difficult trophy as well. I mean, the Calder Cup, a champion in the American Hockey League, is a, is a difficult trophy to wear, but to to win. But uh, I think he'll be up for the challenge. But there's no question, usually uh, experienced coaches have the edge. But we saw that last year, a guy being promoted from within and Craig Berube in St. Louis ultimately hoisted the Stanley Cup. And in terms of a potential matchup game, again, we look forward to the next couple days. No doubt the questions will continue pertaining to Nick Robertson, played 10-20 in this game. Uh, would he crack your game one roster, Gord? Yeah, he would. He would, yeah, and, and I think that, you know, you're looking at uh, Robinson and Foodie probably playing for Columbus yes. about the kids, uh, the youth, the speed being really important. And uh, again, you know, we, we look at it that there's uh, Engvall and Goche and Robertson, and probably two of those three can play. So I, I could see him, I can see him moving moving parts around a little bit that way, Sheldon Keith. But it seems that they're they're sweet on him. They like his offense. They like his effort. They like his speed. So I think he's going to get a chance. But, I mean, it goes down to the big guns again. It's Austin Matthews, Mitch yes. Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares. I mean, those are the guys at the end of the day that give the Maple Leafs the edge, in my opinion, over the Columbus Blue Jackets. You're right, because everybody can talk about Nick Robertson, Gord, and, and that's great. And I know he was a high you know, second-round pick a couple years back. He's 18, hasn't played a game in the league, but, you know, Rest assured, bottom line, the Maple Leafs, they're going to go as far as their big boys take them, no? 
Yeah, absolutely. And and you yeah. know, there's a whack of exhibition games tomorrow. There's only three on Thursday. Can't wait. One of them, one of them is Boston and Columbus. So that's one I'm yep. going to watch, uh, catch with interest to see the, the one exhibition game with the Leafs' upcoming opponents. And we can't wait. You're right about that. I can't wait either, Nick. It's a real pleasure. I'm going to watch more hockey over the next couple months than I did Netflix over the last four months, which is unprecedented if you ask me. Gord, excellent stuff. We'll talk on Sunday, okay? Sounds good. Looking forward to it. There you have it. Professional broadcaster extraordinaire Gord Stelic. Many thanks to Sam McKee, Josh Santos, and Danielle Furtado for their hard work behind the scenes. The Maple Leafs defeating Montreal 4-2. We look forward to Game 1 Sunday night against Columbus. Don't you dare miss it. Take care.